Hey guys, welcome to the WellSaid Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. In this week's episode, we will tackle a basic sketch of a theology of work. As a Christian, does my work matter? It seems that oftentimes in the church, the emphasis is on the fact that if we want to do meaningful work, we need to go into ministry or we need to go to a missions field and evangelize. But as everyday people going to work Monday through Friday in all the various fields, how do we think about work as Christians? What is up, guys? It is really good to be back. Why are you laughing at me? Why are you laughing <laughs> you at me? You said you had something good. You said you had something good. No, I do have a lot of good things to say today. Okay, bring Alexi, it. Alexi, talk to me. Tell me what is going on that is positive in your life, uh, an experience, a, a thing, um, a change, an emotion, a thought. I'll tell you what's positive. Um having a cruise control that can adapt to a car in front of you to anyone who's buying a new car please make sure that's part of your vehicle cruise control it's amazing when you don't have to think about braking or following yeah. someone it just follows whoever's in front of you wow it you know, really I still am- is amazing feel like you're still not catching onto this positive note in the beginning it's supposed to be something you're happy about you're happy I about happy cruise about control it. i used it you're happy about cruise control okay that's cool man that's cool yeah yeah wow that's awesome cruise control I'm happy about the fact that um, change is in the air because it is summer, well, almost summer, warm weather, school is out, at least for me, Um, and just life is shifting gears and changing, and it's a good feeling. It's been a very crazy couple of months for me, and I'm I'm welcoming the summer, the the longer or, or maybe shorter weeks, longer weekends. So I'm I, I'm just ready. I'm ready to just kick my feet up for a little bit. It's good when you're ready. It's very, very good. Yeah, Proverbs says, sweet is the sleep of a working man. Wait, I think that's not Proverbs. It's Ecclesiastes. I love that line, you know, sweet is the sleep of a working man. So it's like when you've been hard at work, when, when the rest, when the break comes, it's like, oh, man, this is so good. Yeah. So that's what's good. Yeah. So. What are we talking speaking about today? Work, <laughs> speaking, oh, speaking of work, actually. Speaking of work. Right? Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Andre? Today we are going to talk about a basic sketch of a theology of work. We had this sermon yesterday. Our pastor preached a sermon on theology of work. And I just, we were going to talk today about technology, which that's coming, guys. We're, we just need to gather a few more goods into that bucket before we unload it on you. Mm-hmm. But, but yesterday we had this sermon on theology of work and it just gripped me and I was just come, came back to it. This is such a huge thing for us to think about. Before we go forward, what is work? How would we define it? If, because our listeners, probably every single person has different meaning behind the word work, right? right. So Shoot. let's narrow it down for everyone. What, 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 is, it, what is the official physics definition of work? <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a definition, right? There's gotta you be took something. Your physics. No, no, there's... Shoot, I forgot. Um... Work. Ooh, this is good. So work. 
It's an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. Okay, that's the practical definition. That's not the scientific definition. There's actually a, like a scientific definition of work. Work, a <laughs> scientific definition of work is using a force to move an object a distance when both the force and the motion of the object are in the same direction. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Was that helpful now? That doesn't sound as practical, but it's probably we what narrow we do. It we, down? we move objects. We use force to move objects. That's pretty much what we do every day. Yeah. Work. Work is the ability to get things done, the doing of stuff. Um, I guess when we, when we say work here in this episode, we're talking about you and I going to work every day, whatever that means for you. Um, but I think for some people that means being a mom and getting up and taking care of the home. That is work too. So work, I think, is the thing that we are expending most of our physical energy on on a daily basis. Yep. So that's work. Work for us can be different things, but we all have work to do. And work is big. So it's very important to think about it from a uh, spiritual and uh, theological perspective. Oh, Andre, it sounds like a fun topic, right? Fun. Fun topic because it's applicable to every single person that's listening right now. Probably me and on their you. way to work right now. Yes, exactly. On the grind. But why is it such an important subject? Why yeah. does it matter? Why are we talking about this? I think for today specifically, it's very important and applicable because we live in an age when people are looking for meaning in life in a special way. In the past, meaning was provided in a sense from authority figures, church, um, uh, you know, teachers, philosophers, whatever. Today, everything's up for grabs and everybody gets to define their own meaning in life. And what that inevitably means is that people turn to their career or to their work as a, the source of their identity, the source of meaning and fulfillment. And so that, that, that sends, that, that's what sends us on these, um, wild goose chases for the perfect career. You know, I got to find the career that fits my life. And, it also sends us into um, overdrive with giving our souls to our career and, you know, sacrificing our lives, our health, everything. People are driven today more than ever to accomplish because if work is your source of meaning, then you're going to give everything yep. to make it happen. And when it's, when it's destroyed, your life is destroyed. So today, this topic is really important to think through. The other side of it is we also, it's funny because, and, and you can have this same problem in the same person. You can find the same problem. On the one hand, we strive and we labor and we agonize for uh, meaning and satisfaction in our careers or our work. At the same time, though, we are a, a leisure and entertainment-driven society. And there's this tug for leisure. There's this tug for having a life that is as easy as possible. And so when it comes to work, I think more than ever we are confused. And uh, we are sort of... Um, it's a subject that can help us enter the human heart and help us see ourselves more clearly. Yeah, and I'm really excited to open it up and to see really what does Bible, what does God, what did God wanted want to do when He introduced the idea of work into humanity when He created us at first. So, the way you described it so far, it really explains how society views work. Mm -hmm. However, if we take a more conservative Christian or maybe a classic Christian, it's not very applicable Say because traditional tradition, traditional Christian traditional people. Christian it it wouldn't really apply because that's not how we're used to viewing work. Work is usually viewed as just 
we're going to talk about an alley for evangelism. Mm -hmm. We're not really taught to just go out there and get educated, be the best in your field, right? do something incredible, build these incredible homes. Or We're not really, that's not something we hear when we're brought up in our families and in our Christian communities. Right. It's, it's oftentimes I think we as Christians minimize work as simply a means to an end. So it's, it's a way to pay the bills and it's a way to maybe evangelize people, but the work itself is lost. And so what that inevitably does for us, I think, um, our younger generation growing up in the church, I think we are more increasingly asking, okay, I see how I need to provide and pay for the bills and stuff like that. But to God, does my work really matter? Like what I do on a daily basis, if I'm selling houses or if I'm, um, you know, work at the bank or if I'm a nurse or a doctor or if I build houses or if I'm a financial analyst. Yeah. Um, if I build software, you know, does that actual work matter to God? So I think that's a really important question. Oftentimes it's just a gaping hole. It's like an empty spot in a lot of people's view. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm excited to learn. And that's where you're going to take us right now. Does our work matter or is it just a means of surviving and waiting until Christ comes and takes us into a whole new world? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to just sit here and wait mm-hmm. or are we still to, in a way, start try to invest into our surroundings, the world that we live in, our societies, our culture? Are we still to put a hundred percent into where we're at? Right. Yeah. So I think um, inevitably we are in attention. So the biblical view of work starts on page one, right? Um, the biblical pattern of work and rest, it comes from the nature of God himself. Like think about that before God created human beings anything, God was already in a pattern of work and rest. God created and then he rested. It comes out of the nature of God to do work. And not only that, his work is good. Um, the very essence of the, the, the beauty of all creation is that God made it and he called it good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the world and everything that's in the world is good because God made it. So, so it has significance because he, he made it and he said, that is good. And he looked at us, he made us, and he said, that is very good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So humanity is created in the image of God. We are commissioned by God in Genesis 1 and 2 as his vice regents in the world, sort of as many reflections of the activity of God. He says, let us create man in our image. Let us create them. And what that means inevitably in that chapter, as you see, is that we are mirroring God's creative uh, capacity. We are mirroring God's lordship. We are mirroring God's uh, care for the creation, uh, his leadership, his love, his stewardship um, over his work. So we are, you know, we are culture makers. That is what it means to be human. I think a lot of people often think about society and cities and culture and creativity all these things are a result of it all happened after sin and so it's all somehow infected with sin Mm -hmm. but when you look at genesis god made the garden but then he wanted adam to cultivate it so like Mm -hmm. he sends adam and eve into the world as cultivators of the world that god has made so so in a in a sense 
he wanted us to create these things. So when you look at the cities and the billboards and the, and the lights and the swirling cars and subways and airplanes whizzing overhead, you know, that is a beautiful thing because human beings are created in the image of God as builders, as culture makers, as workers. Yeah, you know? we're just discovering potential that God put into this world for us to discover. Right. It's a reflection yeah. of what he has done mm -hmm. in Genesis 1. Yeah. See, it makes sense, but before the fall. Right. After the fall, what happens? How does it change? Right, right. Perfect. So, um, when you look at the nature of sin, Genesis 3, in many ways, th the nature of sin itself was a desire to say, God, instead of me mirroring you, instead of me echoing your glory, Lord, I want to make my own glory. I want to be my own little God, and I want to be my own creator. And of course, that's a lie. Man cannot be autonomous. He cannot create his own world. But that's the essence of sin. And so this rebellion against being connected under the authority of God and being God's commissioned authority in the world to work and to make the world beautiful. So when we disconnect from him, we bring death and suffering into the world. We bring death into the into the dirt itself right god cursed mm -hmm. the ground and god said no longer will you have the same kind of lordship now when you work it's gonna it's gonna fight back there are gonna there are gonna be thorns there's gonna be disease there is gonna be pain there's gonna be sweat so um we broke our relationship with the creator and therefore it destroys or distorts the create the the relationship with the creation around us you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. as man yeah. disconnects from god he also is in conflict with his surroundings mm -hmm. so after the fall the blessing of work has become infected with sin and selfishness you know so we are still in the image of god we are still cre creatures of, of god's glory and yet we are infected with sin and death so we want to work rather than to give glory to god we want to make work our identity we want to make work the thing that gives our meaning yeah um we can't achieve perfect results anymore because now the world is is broken we are working with broken materials and we're working through broken hearts and minds um we we can we collide with other human beings in our work you know you don't have to go very far to remember the last time that happened to you yeah. you know selfish people collide in their selfishness as they endeavor to work. And yet, despite all this negative impact, right? Despite all this, we are still workers. Yeah. We are still, the image of God is still present and we still have the blessing in the sense, we still retain the blessing of the fact that work can still be a joy. You know, you don't, you, a lot of non-Christian people, non-believers, most, you know, many, um, still build wonderful cities and cultures and do good work and Get joy from it yeah so bringing this home you know from a christian perspective how does the gospel change this problem so what does jesus do as he dies for our sins and pays for our penalty he restores our relationship with our father with the creator and therefore he reunites us to a correct focus on work only when you have a proper connection with your creator can you mm -hmm. see creation properly so as a redeemed person, you can start to see work correctly once again. Um, and we can see the world 
through his eyes. We could see the world is good. We could see, wow, I'm a child of God and I see this world is his. He made it and it's beautiful. Every detail matters. It's still God's world and he still cares about it. And if I know God, I also care about the world he has made and I want to take care and, and work to his glory. So the, so the attitude changes from having, before the Christ's redemption, the attitude was me. Right. Everything is for me, about me. And the perfect example probably, probably is the Tower of Babylon. Right. Where they wanted to make name for themselves. Right. But, Babel, after, Christ, yeah. but after Christ redeems it, how does, how does it look? Could you explain it a little bit more? Right. So Christ redeems your perspective on life, all of life. And that includes your perspective on the world. When you, because we are created to live under authority, under the authority of our creator. Under the authority of the creator, you can see, you can, you can look in the mirror and see yourself correctly. Who are you? You're a child of God, but you're also a human being, which means you were created to work and to do good work and to cultivate the world and to take care of the world that God has made. But, but we are not restored to paradise. Right? So yeah. even though your soul is redeemed and Christ mm. is transforming you, you're still a sinner, first of all. You still batter, battle sinful desires. You still can have wrong ideas about why you do what you do every day. But also, you're still in a broken world. So you can't expect the same results that Adam expected in the garden because even though you're redeemed and you're reconnected with the Maker, you're still in a broken world. You're going to have broken results even though you do good work. Mm -hmm. you know, And... Also, Jesus brings a new le level to the work now. Um, ever since the beginning, ever since the fall, God has engaged in a new project, the project of restoring the creation, right? So even in Genesis, God says, I will send a redeemer, a savior. And so the plan of salvation is unfolding through all of history. And that plan of salvation is culminated in Jesus. And Jesus, as he saves us, he invites us into that plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. So now we are engaged in a double level type of work in our worldly you know, lifestyle. We are engaged as creatures doing good work because we are made in the glory of God. But we are also engaged as saints, as those who are redeemed by Christ to share his good news of redemption in the world. So we are agents of redemption. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you kind of have that two level. Every Christian has a two layer approach to work. And let me ask you this here. So the first level is very self-explanatory. As a child of God, I'm able to take my humanity and my ability to work and really put it into practice with the new understanding of seeing the world because God has redeemed my mindset. He has shown me I'm, a, I'm able to see the world through his eyes now. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to correctly apply my attitude towards work at this point. However, the second part of redemption, how can I incorporate that into my work as a financial analyst currently, for example? Right. Or for me as a nurse. Yeah. Right? Or how whatever. can I incorporate it? Because that, that seems very complex right. at the first sight. And it is complex because I think Christians have oversimplified it by saying, oh, um, use your work as a means to evangelize, which if... Inevitably, sure, that's a huge priority. You evangelize. You, you tell people about Jesus wherever you go. But I think, um, and so there's two extremes we can go. A, just say, oh, the only reason I go to work is because I can be around non-Christians so I can evangelize them. 
That's one extreme. The other extreme is to go in the opposite direction and say, you know, just by doing good work, just by uh, being a, a good doctor or nurse or a financial analyst or a good business person, I am creating the new kingdom of God. Like, because I'm a child of God and I'm doing good work, I'm creating the kingdom of God. I'm creating redemption here in this world today. And it's like, um, not necessarily. Um, because the Bible, when it speaks of the kingdom of God coming into this world, it is speaking specifically about the redeeming work of Jesus in the hearts of people. So when we ask ourselves, how can I as a redeemed person properly view work? Um, the New Testament, the biggest impact that the New Testament says about our role in the world is Christ is shaping you as an individual. You are called to pursue change in your whole being, in your whole life, in your emotions, perspectives, thoughts, attitudes, values, to be a worshiper of God, to be a disciple of Jesus. If you embrace that whole task, you start to see things differently as you come to work and do everything you do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, there's, a, there's a term that some people that, who are working in this area um, have termed faithful presence. So, of course, what that means is you form relationships with people around you. You, you open your life up to people around you. you. You share your heart. You share your life. You share Jesus. But also, as a, as a redeemed individual, you are looking around and saying, "How can I bring? How can I bring um, the good news of God, the goodness of God?" The, the the mercy of God, the grace of God to the work that I do? How can I use my opportunity? How can I use my power, uh, my wealth, my um, exposure, my connections in society? How can I use all these things to the benefit of people around me and to show, look, I'm a changed person because Jesus has made me different, you know? The answer to this question, you can't oversimplify it, and many people do. It's complex, but you have to take on the task. How do I, as a citizen of Christ's kingdom, come into the broken world that, that is still dominated by the fall, and how can I bring the good news of Christ in all the different ways? Now, the big thing for us to understand is it's complex. When you understand it's complex, you understand that you become entangled in a lifelong process, you know, of figuring out good ways to be a redeeming presence, a faithful presence in society. Uh, Paul, when he speaks in Colossians chapter 3 or 4, I think, when he's talking about Christians' relationship to the world around them and their re relationships to, to co-workers, to, to non-Christian people in the marketplace, he says, walk in wisdom toward the outsiders, making the best use of time. I mean, it's very vague. He's being very vague. He says, walk in wisdom, make the most use of your time. But he leaves the door open. He says, pursue wisdom, you know? So your work matters on a, on, on a double level. But, you know, if, if all you do is come there to just, you know, speak about Jesus and you don't do your job well, it doesn't matter what you say. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Exactly. And that kind of brings me to kind of next two questions that are slightly connected. So how do we tackle then this maybe more traditional understanding of the fact that, you know, the Bible talks about that the earth is going to burn mm -hmm. and everything is going to stay here. Right. How do I not 
uh, how, because it's practically in direct conflict of me investing myself right. into anything that's here in this world. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why there's this temptation of just doing the bare minimum so you can pay your bills, you can eat and wait for Christ to come. So how does it, how can I as a conflicted Christian balance it inside of me mm -hmm. and find the strength, I guess, to really go out there and become really good at what I do and really try to become someone mm -hmm. rather than just trying to do the bare minimum. Right, right. And this comes back to that question, does my work matter? Does it have yeah. eternal significance? And I think um, the question is, um, it's tricky because A, what you do to, you're, we are working in a broken world. You cannot be romantic uh, and overly romanticized in your view of the results of, of this world it will roll up like a scroll, it says. You know, there will be a rebirth yeah. process. Mm -hmm. um, you can have different theological perspectives on how and when that happens, but the basic idea is God is going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. Yes. But when you look at the texts that describe the new heaven and the new earth, you know, um, Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And then I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So when you and you keep that reading that narrative, he describes a city. Uh -huh. Now, a city. What is a city? A city is a place where people live. A city is a place where culture happens. A city is a place where work happens. Yeah. Um, it says, I think in Isaiah, where he says, all the kings of the earth will come and cast their. Uh, uh, crowns before him it says that there's different there's different imagery in in the prophets about the the wealth of the nations coming to jerusalem yeah in the new heaven and new earth the idea there is this there is there is going to be some sort of continuity between this world and the next there is going to be some sort of continuity between our work here and our work in the next world now, the, the exact level of that continuity is a mystery to us. Mm -hmm. But you cannot say that your work as an accountant, as a burger flipper, as a uh, janitor, as a doctor, that it doesn't matter. Because as redeemed saints, we are called to go into this world and do good work and do all things to the glory of Christ. And then when we look at the other side, when we look at the new heaven and the new earth, you see... You see things that are created by human hands in the sense that, that uh, it's a world that God has made. He has built the new kingdom. But it's a world in which humans exercise their humanity. And that includes work, creativity, and making things, you know? Yeah. It's interesting that this problem or maybe this, uh, this question is answered very simple in our society. It's money. Mm -hmm. The better you are, the more money you make. The mm -hmm. more, the better of a worker you are, the more you know. That's a good point. The more money you make, and people are driven because of the money. But then again, Bible calls us not to be driven by money, right? So right. Our, our mindset, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Of we have to truly understand what work is and why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's 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 a, at the end of the day, as a Christian, you have to be challenged by this question. You have to constantly think about it, dwell on it. And as Christians, we can't, we should not be driven by money. 
But if it's not driven by money, we have to find out what's going to drive us. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we won't be able to do it. Yes. But here's this is a good point, though. Our society measures the goodness of your work and the quality of your work by your wealth and your status. Yeah. That it, and that is not true. That is fundamentally not true because some people who do the most beautiful work don't get paid a dime for it in this world. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, yeah. so our work, and this is the critical thing for a Christian to understand, your work matters not because of the revenue it generates necessarily. Each and every single one of us is called as citizens of the new kingdom, as saints, as, as followers of Jesus, to work and labor in different aspects of society. And, and that work and labor matters, not because of how the society measures around us, but because we do it before the Lord, that we do it and we do it beautifully yeah. and we do it well because God works well. He does good work. Look around, you know? Exactly. And, and, and to God, it matters. There is beauty in a person who does good work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and there is the, one of the most difficult things for any of us probably to to ever endure is to work with somebody who hates their job. There's yeah. some there is something so disgusting and unbearable about that. You know, like why are you here? You know what I'm saying? Or a proverb says in uh, twenty two twenty nine, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So again, the book of Proverbs is is putting this on a pedestal. He is saying that there is beauty in good work and that beauty matters to God and that beauty will have some sort of eternal, everlasting impact, which is mysterious to us, and yet it's there. Yeah. Man, see, I think we got to one of the really big topics that I'm dealing with right now is that the success of or the benefit or the result of the best work that I can put out there is not the revenues, not the dollars that are coming into my pay, bank account. How would you summarize it? What is it at the end of the day? Well, in every single one of our career fields, it's going to be different, right? So, I mean, if you don't make money, you're not going anywhere. So money, like to be productive, it means different things, but inevitably it means that you're you're to be productive is bringing in revenue and making something that matters. But the difference, I think, is that when you are merely money-driven, you will cut corners, you will step on people, you will, um, you will step on the beauty of good work, you will step on the beauty of other human beings and their dignity and value because it is simply money that drives you. Yeah. But I think from a Christian perspective, if you do good work because you do it before the Lord, because you are a child of the King, because this world is beautiful and every detail matters to God because it's His, um, you will do good work that is seeking to be productive, but not only productive at all costs. It is productive in the sen- in all senses. It is productive that in the sense that it seeks to generate revenue, but it also shows forth beauty and goodness and truth in itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And this definitely pushes the question then, a human being must figure out what is it that they're capable of. Mm-hmm. 
and work on that one, two, or three maybe attributes or qualities that they possess in order to increase them. So they work. So their work may be beautiful mm-hmm. in the eyes of God, because He loves when we work hard. Right. Well, and think about this. Think about Colossians chapter one verse fifteen that Christ holds the universe together, and think about the fact that there are uh, teeny little crabs. Uh, hundreds of feet down under the earth, under the surface of the ocean that nobody is ever going to see. And God is creating those creatures. There are insects and lizards and, and things that we have never discovered in the Amazon rainforest. They live and they thrive. God is making that stuff and no one's watching. He's making it because he is making it and it's beautiful, you know? And so like God is God is a God of creation and and sustaining and working because that is the beautiful thing. That is this component of his glory. And we do, I think that's the thing. I think uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, where Peter says, um, your life, it must shine with honor and and dignity. Um, It's not enough just to, hey, you all need to believe in Jesus. You all need to believe in Jesus. Yes, we need to be evangelizing for sure. But that evangelism, shines through a life and a labor that is yeah. full of honor, dignity, and 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 value. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And there's a much bigger weight when you live that kind of life. Yeah. Evangelism ends up being just the outcome of our life. Mm-hmm. Just by its nature, because we are his children, because we are God's children, and we're doing what we are called to do. Right. It's the outcome. It's not necessarily, well... I need to evangelize, so let me find the avenues to do it. Right. Evangelism is part of it. It's just it's a natural effect right, of right. what's taking place. And this points out the inconsistency of like traditional maybe Christianity, where we say, "Oh, it doesn't matter because it's all going to burn." Uh, so we just evangelize and pay my bills. Um, no, it matters because it's God's, and He's going to recreate it. It's going to go through a death and resurrection of sorts. In in, yep. in the new heavens and the new earth will be a heavens and earth. It'll be work. It's going to be culture. It's going to be life. It's going to be a city, and we're all going to go to work. Yep, exactly. What is your recommend this week before we close out? So my recommend for this week is, and I'm going to do it for the first time ever, it's a book. It's a short story, 72 pages. You can find it in Russian and in English. It's called The Fate of a Man, or Sudba Chileka, by Mikhail Sholokhov. You can find it on Amazon, five and a half bucks. It's an incredible short story about a guy, what he went through during World War him and his family. How about just about a person who's on the brink of being killed and then being back and just it's incredible. Dang. Doesn't look like a short story, but it looks 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 cool, man. Well, on the subject of books, I'm gonna throw out C. S. Lewis's uh brief autobiography called Surprised by Joy. It it is him telling in his own words the story of his um growing up as a Lutheran uh, becoming an atheist and then coming back to Christianity. So amazing. Such an amazing story of faith and how faith works. And um, just stretched my mind this week. C.S. Lewis in general is just, you know, words on fire. It's beautiful. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, please let us know what you think. Go over to well-said.org. Um, all the all the podcast episodes are uploaded there in article format. We, we will throw up some links always. If you're interested in pursuing some of these topics further, there's usually more links for you to check out. Um, also, just send in your thoughts. You know, you can send comments over there. Leave us an iTunes rating, please, if you are benefiting from any of this stuff. iTunes ratings are kind of a pain in the butt, but 
do it please because we're doing this for you so you do that for us also send this episode to a friend if you benefit from it pass on the goods 